Yo, what up, though? This is Esham, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. Yo, what up, though, man? This is Big Greg, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. This is Premier Pete, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. Cheers. Oh, yeah, this is Jake Prince coming at you live and in living color, and you rocking with the Connect Experience. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian TK Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the motherfucking K. And when I'm in Detroit, you already know what it is. I listen to the Connected Experience. You should, too. Connected. I'm Santoine. I'm Antoine. And we the Connected Experience. Bro, what's the Connected Experience? It's a lifestyle. The lifestyle. Our lifestyle. How that lifestyle been treating you? Man, I can't complain, bro. How the lifestyle been treating you? Hey, man, the same way, man. You see how I'm looking, baby? Yeah, yeah. I'm almost at that goal. Yeah, yeah. You look like you're losing some weight, man. I'm proud of you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Jogging's fitting better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You been doing some birthday shopping? No. I was like thinking about what I want to wear, man, but... I don't know, dog. I might just. Yeah, I don't know. I, because, uh, like I said, I got them uh, Stan Smiths, mm-hmm. originals, but I had to order them from Europe. Yeah. For our birthday, like in 2018. Shout out to my uh, baby Kim. He gave me a plug on yeah. that. But, yeah. And I want to wear something with that, but it got to be that green. I know yeah. some, I know, I know where you could get something that green from. I was just looking at something that color and thought about you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? You been looking for something? Yeah, man. I don't know what I want to get yet, bro. I don't know what I want to grab, man. But uh, I only got a couple weeks, so uh, <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, you, know, you got a word? Hold on. I definitely got a word of the episode. Okay, I got one, too. Mine is a North Paw. That's an adverb with or for the right hand right handedly what about you okay now people are used to hearing that but they used to hearing it in boxing southpaw so they obviously yeah 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 uh mine is radiant and that is the point of the heavens from which a shower of meteors uh appears ready to radiate you know what i'm saying and that's a noun too yeah that's definitely a noun and yours was an adverb yeah yeah adverb. yeah yeah hopefully people taking these uh definitions and using them in their regular life uh or finding out what the words that they've been using this whole time are actually not the words what's in your title uh man the same thing since we just was talking friday i haven't really strayed too far away from it you did just send me uh rj lamont and i'm gonna listen to the rj lamont i like when producers make records so i'm gonna uh, listen to the rj lamont but i'm just heavy on that dime trip and then i'm heavy on that uh it was something else that was new i was listening to uh, I, it's I, not I my title yeah. uh what's in your title? Uh, cocaine and sugar free sugar cane you know what i'm saying that's what's in the title you know what i'm saying so um we got a guest today man we haven't had a guest in a couple weeks we've just been doing it solo so uh introduce the guest man hey uh we got dr eddie connor man how you doing man Hold on, say that again. Okay. Wonderful brothers. Glad to be with y'all. Uh, hey, we happy man. to be uh we happy that you're here. So this is the what connected up, experience, man. And what we do with the connected experience, well, one of the things we do is we like to connect our audience with people who uh we think are just generally dope people. Uh you got a great publicist, she reached out, she we we've been in contact and uh we haven't even had guests on in a long time. Oh, well, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And uh, we was like, Well, we just gonna make him our first guest back to when we speak to guests because this probably like our 320 episode we've been doing this since 2017 oh congrats and, and for the most part it was guest based because uh we just like to hear about dope individuals you know and that's from any walk of life and then we said but we dope individuals so we gotta just have some episodes so we just went on the run with no guests and you our first guest back bro oh man it's honor it's honor and it's a credit to y'all consistency you know 300 of anything plus yeah, yeah. As long as it ain't days in jail, that is a pretty <laughs> right. consistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um I went over your uh your bio and it was a whole lot of interesting stuff in there, like uh, like back to back to back to back. But the thing that stuck out the most to me is like you really from Kingston, Jamaica, man. So like let's talk about like really growing up in Jamaica because like we in Southfield or Oak Park, that's a long way from right. Kingston, Jamaica, man. So how was that experience growing up there? Yeah, real ting, man, you know. <laughs> you know, Jamaica, no problem. Yeah. yeah uh, and before you get into that, so this is what's crazy, right? So at, at the beginning of March, I weighed 207 pounds, right? Wow, and uh, But my brother had already slimmed down, and we twins, uh, obviously, but yeah, a lot of people, so. you know what I'm saying? And I was like, you know what, I'm about to go on a run. My goal, 170, and I was like, all to eat curry goat. Mm. Jamaican curry goat on my birthday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, that, so that's my goal. That's my prize for getting to the goal. Yes. Jamaican curry goat, uh, red beans and rice and cabbage. Come on, that's man. what I'm having for dinner on my birthday. So for you being from Kingston, Jamaica, just walk us through that about just about Jamaica. Period. Like the good side that people may not uh, highlight. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a celebratory meal right there too. I mean, Jamaica's a island of 3.8 million people, and uh, still, you know, more so British government uh, related. But it's a beautiful island of, of of beautiful people. I mean, you know, we got the hood here; they got the hut. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Some, but it's in some of the depraved areas. But it's a lot of uh, great, you know, scenic places. You know, the Negrils, yeah. the Ocho Rios, whatever. But I grew up in Kingston. Kingston is a very tough city. That's the capital, right? Yeah, it's the capital. Yeah, yeah capital Kingston. Uh, uh, Marcus Garvey, you know, uh, up you might you race of people, you arise if, if you will, you know, it's based upon your will. And so there's a lot of people who are there who, yes, are struggling, but just have a belief to never give up. Yeah, you know, okay. like like me, I come from that Jamaica hustle mindset. So I got like five, six, seven, eight jobs. Yeah, right. right. So, so how did y'all get end up in uh, the United States? Well, um, my parents were prior to their divorce. They were uh, missionaries to the island of Jamaica. Okay. So that's what brought us there in the first place, oh, okay, coming from okay. here to the. Oh, so your parents Detroit. from America, yeah, and then went to Jamaica went to, to Jamaica. do missionary work, and then that's how you are from Jamaica. Yeah, my mom's from here. My my father's from the island, from Jamaica. Okay, okay. and okay. so um, you know, I had the accent back in the day. You know, <laughs> got teased for when I came back here. Was playing soccer, as they say, football over there. Went to the schools over there. They wanted to double promote me when I came back here. Yeah, you know, because the education system so far advanced. Than right. the, you know, American system. And then I heard with yeah. their education system, it's like you ranked like you the either the best all the way down to the worst and everybody know it. Mm. Right? Is that how it go? Well, uh, a little bit of that. A little bit of that. Um, that got to be tough for a kid, man. Yes. I, well, not really because yeah. that's life. Yeah. Well, and and yeah. that should give you the inspiration Correction. to yeah. know like if you do what you're supposed to do. You, you could be you, number one. Yeah. Right. So, like, what was your age range of actually being over there? Yeah, I was about there, there from about four to seven. Four okay. to seven. Yeah. And then when you came back to the States, what uh, where did you come to? Uh, right back to the D. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm from, okay. I'm from Detroit. So I uh, came right back to Detroit and, you know, back in school and um, being a kid like everybody else. So, you know, we ain't, we ain't playing no soccer over here. We're playing yeah. basketball. Well, now, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah. talk about the culture shock of being a seven-year-old and coming home and it seeming like you in a foreign country. That had to be a, a big culture shock. Yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, shock going and it was a shock coming because the world had changed to a certain degree and I'm with a different peer group. Uh, it was more so having to uh, try to dumb yourself down. Mm. You know, because you being a, you're a smart kid, and you you didn't realize right. how smart you are, because you in a you in a school system with just brilliant kids. Right. Yeah. Not saying that kids here aren't brilliant, but I was, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, they yeah. were going to double promote me. Right. Yeah, right. You know, so, my mom yeah. saying, "Hey, no, 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 no. We, we, rather than double promote you, we're going to keep you with your peer group." And I think and, that was a smart yeah. decision because yeah. when you put somebody two grades ahead, yeah, that's right. a big that's a big difference. That's a thirteen yeah. year old in a tenth grade, and a thirteen year old should just shouldn't be in the tenth grade unless you be at home school, yeah, right. around yeah. them people. Yeah. So when you get back, you see that the the culture is different. And um, what gave you the foresight to just want to dumb yourself down though? Like you, that's kind of like a disservice now that we look back. But yeah. like, what meant like you were that much more advanced than your peers? Yeah, you know, it's everybody. You want to fit in. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And well, know, most people. Yeah, yeah, right. most people, especially as a kid. You know, uh, identity crisis is everything. And you know, uh, I was playing. Yeah, basketball. I was running uh, cross countries. You know, sprints or whatever the case may be. But I even picked up violin. Okay. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And violin ain't really the coolest instrument, you know, to it be playing as a black boy. Too, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I, I, we always looked at things a little different, right? So that's an instrument that I want my daughter to play. Uh -huh. I got like a 12 year old daughter. She like, I got a 12 and a seven, but my 12 year old, like early on, we saw like, yo, this little girl, like, is brilliant. Yeah. You feel what I mean? And I think those type of string instruments bring even more of that out but she did the same way she like i don't really know but i told her like that violin will take you further than any sport you can play Fair. that violin will get you to any college you want to go to yeah. and it's gonna be because a lot of black girls can play basketball a lot of black girls can play baseball but it's like when you get to shrinking it down who can play the how many people played the violin that you knew personally very few. Uh, and generally, it was girls who were playing. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And just like you said, it could take you farther. I could have been probably a Juilliard School of Music, Berkeley School of Music, yeah. hip-hop violinist. Yeah. You know, but I allow people to tell me, nah, that you don't do that. Don't, yeah. don't do that. Ain't, yeah. ain't what's supposed to be done in the community, in the hood, and yeah. culture. Right. And they told him to pick up a beat machine. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> yeah. right, right. So I switched and played trumpet, and my, yeah. my lips was on, on fire, man. So, yeah. <laughs> so now that you uh discovering that you... um. 
you know, you more advanced or whatever, yeah. but you want to fit in. Like, what are some of the, the the obstacles you face from that? Like hiding basically your 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 intelligence. You know what I'm saying? Playing dumb. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because the reason I'm asking because a lot of black males play dumb. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Even the people they playing dumb too playing dumb because it ain't it wasn't cool. I don't know how cool it was because me and my brother we were like problematic, but like we always got all A's and B's. Mm -hmm. So like we was in high school and we get suspended for a week for fighting, but I got all A's. So it don't that we, we, so we can coast. You know yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. So like now that you look back and hindsight is 2020, but like now would you what type of advice would you give your younger self? About with, that, with those, those situations. situations, the fact that your your greatness is in your uniqueness. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, you always fit in. It's easy to fit in, but sometimes you don't even fit when you try to fit, fit in. Yeah, it's better to be a standout. And that's what I okay. So I uh, I do private event photography. Yeah. So I I really never post because like I try to give my clients like you know it's not go this stuff not gonna end up all over mm -hmm. the internet. So last night uh, I was doing like a murder mystery. And it was for charity. And I had never been to one. So I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? And this guy, uh, this guy walked up to me. He said, man, I just found out today that this was like an 80s theme party, like in the car on the way here. Like, I look crazy. Like everybody. Mm. I said, no, really, you standing out, though. Everybody go think you somebody because you you not dressed like this. Right. That was like at the beginning of the thing. And it was like open bar. So people get trashed. Right. Mm. And he walked back up to me before we left. Like, see, man, you were right. Because like it was interactive. So some of the people in the audience were like involved. And he was like, everybody thought that I was involved in the show because I wasn't dressed like everybody mm -hmm. in the 80s. So I, that just was like confirmation that your uniqueness is how you stand out that's how you shine bright so that's that's good uh, a good thing that for the children and just grown men and women who's struggling to find out what they should be doing right now because that struggle never leave you because like for example if you dumbed yourself down for 15 years i don't know what's your age range uh 25 45 right so if you dumbed yourself down for 15 years of that when you finally like it clicked then you go be struggling like mm -hmm. am i still dumbing myself down should i be in these places should i be in these spaces and it's like just from the jump like i tell my kids be who you are i'm gonna always love you for that yeah but as soon as i see you not being who you are that's when we go have a conflict because I know you don't want to do that. Or I know like just be you. And I think more people should adopt that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So when you started to adopt that, did you feel better about yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I probably just had my growth spurt, so to speak, um, mentally and psychologically and all that uh, in college. When yeah. I went to Eastern Michigan University. And, you oh, know, you went to Eastern? Yeah. You were alum? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. My wife went to Eastern. Oh, she an alum. Uh, my homeboy Curve, he alum. They they both teach now, but uh, I mean, my partner Ashley Terry, we went to elementary and high school together. He alum. He doing great things in the uh, the education space. Mm. So like uh, Eastern Michigan put out a lot of great educators, ed educators. And I used to work in Ipsy. I used to work at Puffer Ridge for oh, a long dope. time. Oh, dope, dope. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm yeah. Been up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, you know, that was a place where I started to grow. You know, I, I had to be my own man. I had to stand on my own two feet. Coming out of high school, only had like a two six first semester in, in college, had a three seven. Yeah. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So personal responsibility, maturity, uh, developing who I was and learning about my masculinity and all that, my identity and being able to say, all right, you know, I'm here to lead and succeed and, and actually make something of myself. And I wasn't trying to go back home and live in my mama's basement. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that became the driving force to say, all right. Uh, a lot of people doubted me. I, I had my battle with cancer as a kid. Yeah, we'll get into that yeah. too. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was as a kid. Yeah, yeah. 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 So oh, we'll talk about that because yeah. that that's 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 kind of. I got a question before we actually okay. get into that. So you came back to the states with just your mom. Your dad stayed in Jamaica. Both of them were there. They they didn't divorce till uh, I was about twelve when they came back to the states. Oh, so okay, okay, okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Uh, so when do you start battling the cancer? Is this pre-divorce or is this uh, post-divorce? Three years after fifteen. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Wow. So take us through that day, like like. What what like when when I think of like diagnosis, right? Because only you know if your body don't feel right, and mm -hmm. it's like finally I have to go check this out. Like, what made you even go? Like, what was going on? And you you like I just don't feel right. Yeah, well, I wasn't going. I was ignoring the signs, and a lot of times, especially as black men, we ain't trying to go to the doctor. And you young, you a kid. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, as a kid, kid. Yeah. so this yeah. could be part of growing. Like, yeah. it's a lot that go on with just being that yeah. young, having to go through something like that. So, what was the breaking point? Since you weren't, go what were you noticing in your body that you should have been going and you weren't going? 
by the yeah. time you found out like what was going on with your body like you just said i gotta go yeah i was having chest pains and you know trying to be a tough guy and tough mentality pain is weakness leaving the body don't cry you know hide your emotions type of thing and i was having this these terrible chest pains i was over at my friend's house and i'd been probably sleeping in class a couple couple weeks yeah. straight you know just just tired, tired. yeah and, uh, you know, I, I make a joke. I say, I love school. My favorite two classes school with gym and lunch. Yeah. You know, chase the girls in the gym, sit down, eat with them lunch. And yeah. uh, um, I'm over at his house watching a football game, can't breathe by halftime. Felt like somebody stabbed me in my chest. His mother takes me to the hospital. My mother meets me at the hospital. You know, doctors swirling around everywhere, nurses. They think it's a punctured lung. Oh, so man. they take me to another hospital, do a CT scan of the chest, and then they, they take me to surgery immediately, cut me open. See my cells in my body growing so fast with the naked eye. They can see them growing with the naked eye around my heart, my trachea, my esophagus, my voice box. They're watching the cells grow. They can see it. Yeah, it was that aggressive. It was stage four cancer immediately. Yeah. Mm. And so I, I didn't realize I had stage four cancer in my body. I'm, I'm dealing with these chest pains like, nah, I ain't going to tell nobody about it. And um, I almost died. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so chemo radiation for two years. My own father didn't visit me one day in the hospital. Two I, years straight. Two like, years straight. Five days a week, out of school my sophomore year. Yeah. You know, the type of pain, spinal taps, where you put a needle into your back, man, and they they're, you know, uh, trying to get uh, spinal fluid out of it to test it. Um, you know, trying to kill off the bad cells. Yeah, now something interesting you said, yeah. you said your father didn't visit you once in the hospital. Right. Do you think right. it's because of the way that Jamaican men are? He just felt like maybe embarrassed that that was his son or like, how do you like, have y'all spoke about this? Now, and, and when he say that about yeah. Jamaican men, it is a stereotype about mm. Jamaican men like that people like like super tough, to, like yeah, super like, tough, yeah. non caring, hella children. Like that, you, you, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, like I'm hella children. That, that, yeah, like, I don't yeah, even know yeah. no Jamaican men. So uh, personally, yeah. personally, so I wouldn't know if that's the, if the stereotype is anywhere near true. But like, what was that going on in him that he couldn't? Are you his only child? Like, are you the yeah, only? Me and my me and my brother, but two of us. Is two so of he us just dispelled that part of the stereotype uh <laughs> so yes but like uh like why didn't he come or i mean yeah, you wouldn't yeah. know that unless yeah. you asked him have you ever had that conversation yeah we had that conversation years and years ago okay. um he i had to forgive him before giving you know before expecting an apology from him because i was yeah. bitter for many years oh definitely definitely you know like, i'm on my deathbed you ain't yeah, even came to yeah, see me yeah, once yeah. like oh, yeah. yeah absolutely and um he 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 apologized to me he said you know there's just some things going on with me and my it, with uh, my mother and him at the time, and he just, you know, he felt he just didn't fit in the space and place to be able to do it. So, I, you know, I just let it go. I can actually see where that can make sense in somebody's head. Like, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah. as a man, and then you, you already just got divorced. There's still a lot going on, a lot of adjusting. I could see in somebody's head where that would make sense right. like and it, then i can see in somebody in, in, in your head how that yeah. probably didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah no no i'm just saying i yeah, could sure. like from both aspects yeah, yeah, from both like aspects, yeah. i had a real treacherous i mean the, my relationship with my dad was like wasn't the best but then i had found out some information that made me like forget all of that like never mm -hmm. even look at that the same so but i only got that information from looking at it from both perspectives like you know my perspective and his as the child who going through whatever you want your dad there you know oh, what yeah, i'm saying sure. but as the man who might have to come and disrupt everything that's going on this might be worse this might throw him into something else because i'm not getting along with the mother or the yeah. tension there or the stress and then I and just overall, it got to be like heartbreaking to see your son or your your child go through that, like yeah. that part too. So I could see that, that might have did like way more harm than good to his mental space, like or yours. He could have came and shook everything up because yeah. two years. Um, and then I always think when people have terminal illnesses, it's the will in the person, yeah, and, and yeah. outside forces can can hurt that will. Uh, I had a. Uh, well, what's this? Twenty three. So going in in two thousand twenty two, at the end of the year, I had COVID, like oh. real bad. I had to go to the hospital, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so I was fine, and then it just, whew, and then I was like, "No, nah, this ain't gonna be it for me." Mm -hmm. So all while I was in the hospital, I was like the happiest person there. You feel what I'm saying? And this old black lady just came in there one day, and she was like, "Yo, 
I, I'm happy you I'm happy you here and I'm happy you came because it's some people who wouldn't have came. They ain't here no more. And my friend went to another hospital. They sent her home. She passed away. She was like, but you got the best attitude I've I've seen about this. And I was like, I ain't going to die laying down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. sit up like this. My will. Like, you feel what I'm saying? Yep. And then you got to show them that other people care about you. So my phone was always ringing. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Like. I'm here by myself, but it's like this guy I was on the phone every hour, somebody calling, and it was only people I can invite in my space that I knew felt the same way. So yeah, yeah. you don't know. Some people see people in the hospital and be like, oh, my God, this is it. Like, how could he or how could she get through this? Because they don't understand the wheel is in you. Yeah, the wheel. Yeah. You feel yeah, yeah. So you're going through all of this. you diagnosed with cancer. You're going through chemo. And then you at your last day, you cancer free. Like, walk us through that day. Shoot, man. Um, I, I think it uh, it's kind of a blur because um, for for many weeks and even months, the doctors kept saying, hey, we can't find any chemo. I mean, we can't find any cancer cells. So they started taking me off of chemo and radiation slowly and scaling back some of the meds until I, I just went for a checkup one day. And he said, hey, you know, we're just going to you're in remission, okay. which I consider total healing. And I felt like I was healed before even they told me that, that I was in remission. And, um, you know, it was a, a breath of fresh air. It's like, hey, man, I got my life back because I'm just like you. You ain't going to kill my will. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I felt like I willed myself to live with the grace of God. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. And, and praying mama, all that stuff. Uh, but it, it felt like a breath of fresh air. It felt like, wow, I can, I can move on with my life and see, you know, what I'm, what I'm gonna do and who I'm gonna become next. Right now, but prior this is, this to is a part yeah, of me that's yeah. saying who I'm going end on. Prior to uh, going through all this, where was your faith at? Because you are a pastor. You are, I mean, like you, not a pastor, but like yeah, you, yeah. you, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I'm just coming from church. Coming you're right. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. yeah. So like, where was your faith in God before any of this? Like, how did you view any of that? Because you said your parents was missionaries, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. was that forced on you? Uh, I wouldn't say it was forced on me. Uh, I felt a uh, an ease of it, you know, admiration. And I mean, I was a kid, three, four, five years old, passing out tracks and, you know, feeding the homeless and caring for people who are orphans and yeah. people whose feet are their shoes, but they got incredible faith. But, uh, you know, I had a, a, a framework of faith, but not necessarily rooted and foundational. Right, right. And sometimes those obstacles put me put you in that place like, yo, I I, I, I can only live through my mama for so long. I got to right. come up with my own faith. I got to be strong for myself. I got to have a relationship with God on my own. I got to believe in myself. Her prayers, and yeah, that's going to yeah, take yeah. me so far, but right. like, I got to talk to dog too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got I to gotta learn how to pray on my own, you know what I mean? And so it was a lot of battles that I had to face that she wasn't always there yeah, because uh, she was at work and then coming home to feed me and take care of me, this, that, and the other. But it's a lot of isolation and, and just a personal reflection, you know. So it, it really uh, gave me an experience, not just, you know, you telling me about God, but I had to learn for myself. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And right. then the thing is, too, is like some of the stuff we go through are part of the people who praying for us prayers. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, I mean— if you make every meal at the house and you something you uh you pass away, how your kids know how to cook? Mm-hmm. Some of this yeah. stuff you have to go through, and some of that is part of the prayer because that's how you build your faith. Mm-hmm. That's how you know, like that's how you believe is is real. I don't think. I mean, uh, we we come from a Christian background, yeah. Islamic background, uh, and they 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 basically twins. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people don't ever want to acknowledge that, but Islam and Christianity are the two closest religions that's practiced to this day on the earth. And the stories in the Bible and the stories of the Quran, they're the same, but it's just from different people perspectives. But it's like, how do you believe what you believe? Why do you believe what you believe? What you get from Christianity, somebody might get from Islam or somebody might just get from having a faith and a higher power. But if you never went through anything, you wouldn't have faith. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, you, it wouldn't even be. It wouldn't be a discussion because right, you, right. you know. So, how many years have you been cancer free? Did it ever come back? Yeah, tw- no. Thank God. Twenty three. Yeah. Oh, congratulations, yeah. man! Yeah, That's yeah. dope. Um, I, um, 
my wife's sister uh, is a cancer survivor. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like she, I think the doctors told her probably like 15 years ago or something that she was only going to live for six months. Mm. And, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And then my cousin passed away from cancer, but uh, the doctor had told him like, uh, you got a year to live with like a year to the day that the doctor telling him that his son was born. He had to spend some time with his son. Then he eventually passed away. But like, mm. he was one of the ones that wasn't quitting either. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I seen him change his whole diet. Don't use the yep. microwave. These are things that like, that like now way. I won't use the microwave. <laughs> I don't even have think, the microwave. Yeah, like, they think I'm crazy. Yeah, they think, yeah, they think I'm crazy yeah, or like um, watching what I eat because I was just watching a guy on a uh, social media platform and he was like, you eating your cancer, you eating mm, your diabetes, wow. uh, everything that you think you supposed that 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 you feeding yourself. That's what is feeding is mm, feeding that mm. because just. Overall, naturally, like you see, you lived in a different, uh, different country or whatever, so yeah. you see the different eating habits. And the lady, the the, the witch doctor or whatever they go to, look like she's three hundred years old. She been <laughs> eating salads and whatever her whole life, and then it's like dog over here, fifteen, and he got cancer. Like you know what I'm saying? So how do you um, balance? not having cancer no more for all these years like for decades like what are your eating habits what are your habits in general that push you away from the regular of the american society because like if somebody come over and you ain't got a microwave they go look at you crazy they go oh, like yeah. you oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, i'm like yeah. it's an 86 inch yeah. tv out there but it ain't no microwave <laughs> that, that's, you didn't come yeah. to use the michael yep. we, you know yeah right yeah. i had radiation so i'm not putting radiation <laughs> yeah. in my food you feel right, me right, right. Yeah. and uh, i see that and, yeah. and people don't understand is little yeah. things like that like that's what the microwave is that yeah. is, it literally can warm something up in three minutes that yeah. if we cooked in the stove would take an hour. Right. Like, come on now. Yeah. It, I mean, it's never happening. Totally right about that. I, you know, um, I, I come from the mindset of not trying to live to eat, but eat, eat to, to live. live. Yeah. And that is a lot of uh, lean meats, uh, lean proteins, specifically say, fish. Say what, I, say what they are yeah. because like, when people hear this stuff, they might be thinking a lean meat is something yeah, else. Yeah. And then you like, oh, that's such and such. Like yeah, salmon it, and chicken primarily for me. Uh, I do a lot of fruits and vegetables, mm -hmm. uh, the asparagus, the broccoli, beets. I, I, I hated beets because my mama made me take them or made me eat them because my platelets were low as a kid when I was going through cancer. Yeah. Um, and so I, I sometimes I would spit them out, put them in a napkin, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I eat them, whatever. She know you ain't eat them because right. if you eat some beets, it's, it's some telltale size. For sure, right. And <laughs> yeah. the plate levels wasn't leveling up, you feel yeah, me? It's definitely some and telltale so size. And so now I'm cutting them up, put them in a smoothie, put them in, yeah. uh, put them on the salads. Um, and you beets are salad very primarily. dominant. Yeah. Uh, they very dominant. I yeah. drank a beet juice one time. I mean, smoothie. And it's like, this is all I could taste. See, we used to garden. You know what I mean? Okay. So yeah. we know like certain stuff, uh, everything that come out the ground that you plant yourself will be better for you. But some of that stuff like beet, everything, all these vegetables is and, and fruits is how you maintain it. For right. Sure. So even yeah. with my current eating habits, like I only eat once a day. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then when I'm out and about and I'm moving around, that's when I intermittent fast mm. because I wanted I want to be working while I'm, I want my body to be rejuvenating while I work. Yeah. But you only need one meal a day, right. really. Yeah, you really do. Eat, and I eat it at night yeah. and I try not to eat uh, for the most part after seven o'clock. Yeah. So right after that, the the, the process start again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Heavy on the grapes, green seeded grapes, heavy on those because you can get uh, hydrated from that. I only drink spring water. Yep, right. Yep, I, 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 if it's not spring water, I won't drink it. I never drink it cold. Yep, so me neither. I, yeah, you know, yeah, it's no freezing your, it's freezing yeah, your, yeah, your yeah, food yeah, against yeah, your organs. And, and people yeah. act like that. I'll be like, not I don't, I don't drink don't cold beverages. Beverage. Like overall, like yeah. in eighty five percent of my beverages, like I don't want it cold. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, I, I do like a half gallon of water every day at yeah. least. Yeah. Minimal running through them, and I don't. I used to drink couple pops a day red bull i don't mm -hmm. drink nothing like that Not if it got a fizz i won't drink it no nope. more you know what i mean and that is like because people be wondering like how do people like uh shed this weight right and it's like really i just stopped putting everything in my body that i knew was working against my yeah. body because right. i might drink two three uh cherry pepsis a day right i cut that out I, I won't even. <laughs> I always say like when I go in a store, yeah, that yellow they, forty in it. <laughs> they, look, they be we be battling. It's like you know you want it, and I'll be like I do. But yeah, that's I the addiction. But I, I want to live like, more yep, than yep. I want to drink this yep. pop right now. You know what I'm that, saying? I had to stop eating fried food to stop drinking pop because mm. I knew that if I was yeah, eating salt, some fried yeah. chicken, that I was going to want some pop, and, it, it, sure. and not and no that's juice, how it was not with me no, with none like of that. hamburgers. Like if I'm yeah. eating a, a cheeseburger or something, I know I'm going to want a pop. So I just the pop I know. I don't need none of this, so yeah. I don't do none of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people just need to hear that. I walk 
I mean, two days ago, I did 11 miles. Mm, you know what mm. I'm saying? Just moving 20,000 steps. And that's a lot of it for people who, who might be struggling with their weight and stuff. You have to just get up. Got to. Right? I used to call my daughter to go do stuff in the basement. I just get up and go do it. Mm, I walked the mm. steps for 15 minutes. Uh, I had read Gucci Man book. Uh, he got like a self-help book. It's yeah, one of yeah, the best yeah. books I ever read oh, really? because I seen the transformation in him. And he said one day he was in jail and he just looked at himself and felt disgusted. And he said from that day forward, all he did in jail was walk around, walk the steps and everything. And then when he get out of jail, we would say he a clone. Uh, because he transformed yeah, 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 his body, yeah, yeah, but I yeah. think that's what it, any change takes. That like you just got to be disgusted in your behavior. You got to yeah. be. You got to feel. See, we live in a society right now that that's nothing is shameful. So everything seems like it's accepted. So it's hard to look at yourself in the mirror and feel any type of shame. And then you go jump on the TV and whatever you feeling shameful about, they praising. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you once you get to any level of feeling disgusted about yourself, everything is going to change. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get into something that's very interesting to me. Like you are a 15 time best selling author. Yeah. How did you get into Because I'm a best-selling author I'm actually an award-winning best-selling author um, oh. I won an award for a novella that I wrote Called Animal Instinct, The Urban Jungle Which is a fantasy novella uh, In 2020, I won an award for that I became a best-selling author Because me and my wife and my daughter Have a children's book series Called The Adventures of Shelby Sunshine My daughter and I write My wife edits And we became Amazon bestsellers in that And then I uh, recently released a true crime novel That was just nominated to uh, for some awards Uh the true crime novel is um, Justice, for, Justice Nikisha. for Nikisha, A Father's Pain, that I co-authored with uh, Calvin Hawkins, which is uh, that's my brother. Like he from he he became my brother. So he's from Michigan City, Indiana, and uh, he had a daughter that was murdered, and basically he would not let it go. He fought all the way until they got the killer, convicted the killer. You know what I'm saying? And now, right now, he's a uh, he has a nonprofit organization in Nikisha's name, and uh, recently they've been doing sporting events, uh, flag football for the kids, bowling for the kids. Like it's, a, it's in um, actually this July. July 28th, uh, 2023, we go be in Michigan City, Indiana, because normally they have a, a, it's a car show. A car show, but this year it's going to be like more like a festival because she would have been turning 30 this year. Mm. You know what I'm and saying? And this happened when she was a teenager. This happened when she was a teenager. Right. So, so like his he, whole life has, since, since that the day, day she died, mm. he did not stop. It was actually, uh, if you guys got Hulu, it's a, it's a series on Hulu called Web of Death. And episode five is called Facebook Live. It's actually about what I just was telling you about. It's about Nikisha and and, uh, man, that was so hard writing that book. So how did you get into writing books? Yeah, I never wanted to be a writer in the first place. Uh, I had no desire. My mother tells me as I'm uh, literally uh, a student at Eastern with a dollar and a dream of my name in a dorm room, you need to write your story. Yeah. And for about six months to eight months, I procrastinated. I'm like, I'm not writing nothing. I didn't want to tell nobody about me having cancer at all. And um, I decided to finally start writing. I said, this is going to be the only book I write, so I get my mom off my back. And, now, what uh, made her tell you to start writing? Is she a writer? Like, she just said this needs to be heard? Like, like what gave her the foresight to see that you even even are capable to write? Like, uh, Yeah, I've always been good with writing. Oh, okay. um, poetry, stuff like that, and, you know, you know, wordplay and putting words together, things of that nature. So she just i don't know is a download from heaven or something she said i need to start writing my story and she's a writer herself she has a book uh called propelling faith but uh she said write your story and as i was writing i was healing it became therapeutic for me i was forgiving my father as i was writing so that was a big part of you forgiving him very big part yeah 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 as i started writing it down it became you know therapeutic for me and i wrote my first book called finding the can of cancer okay are you are you a father no, I'm not. Okay. I'm, I'm, I say I'm not a father, but I'm a father figure. So yeah, I mentor right. a lot of young yeah, brothers. Yeah, we're going to get to Yeah, you got yeah, a lot of. Yeah. So you write this first book, uh, you publish it, or you just keep it to yourself at the time? Like you put it out as soon as you write it? Yeah, I put it out uh, about five months of editing and thing, things of that nature. And I didn't really promote it like that. I didn't want everybody knowing about my story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as I started getting comfortable sharing in churches, American Cancer Society, other organizations, uh, people start saying, when's the next book coming? Mm. And yeah. so, you know. That's and that's like one of my pet peeves, like when people try, because while you asking me about the next book, I'm still trying to get the message out about yeah. this current book. And yeah. if I move on too fast, this might slip through the cracks. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like somebody need to hear this. It's a family 
who about to start going through this exact same thing my family went through with the same with a, a, a young brother at the same age and they need him to read this to help his willpower because mm-hmm. that adds to your willpower too seeing something that somebody going, went through it yeah, yeah. Like, oh okay I, I ain't the only one because when, when you get some of that news a good or bad news you'll be like gotta be the only one no this type yeah, of stuff yeah. is possible you right. know what i mean so like how, how did that feel to get your story out though it felt great um you know it 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 pushed me into my purpose i didn't realize that was part of my purpose me telling my story me empowering yeah. people to overcome obstacles and doing it through the writing through the speaking you know it, it became it, it interwove into what i was doing as a teacher where i taught for 12 years in a high school level as well and so, uh, how, how, now how was that though? Cause you look hella young. Yeah. You was know, it more, you were more relatable to them? Real relatable. One of their favorites. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm using, I'm listening to the same music they listen to. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right, I'm, yeah. I'm teaching from the hip hop angle. You know, I'm telling them, Hey, I went through this. My father wasn't there. Why are you giving up? And I didn't give up. If I, I if I can keep right. moving, you can too. And right. I'm a teacher. Nope. I'm doing this because I love y'all. It's no other reason. It's right. not like I have never met a teacher who said they was there because of the pay. No, no matter what no, level, no. they, they can't are. pay you enough. Yeah, yeah. No. You know what I'm saying? You right. gotta love the kids. It, yeah, yeah, it's a vocation. You know what I'm saying? It's a calling to do that. A thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, my wife a teacher. She have her doctorate uh, at the end of December. Oh, and awesome. like when she originally, because I always tell people like this your life right and if you it don't matter parents whatever if you let somebody stray you off your path you gonna be wondering for a long time mm-hmm. till it click and uh like two years ago i was like yo why why you don't teach though because like that's what she wanted to do originally out of mm-hmm. high school her mom like uh detoured her from that and we just was talking and i was like why don't why don't you teach and it's the is is the best decision she ever made. She wow. like the uh, directors at the school. They be like, "Hey, we love you. We happy we made like you made the decision to get in the education." And then I said the same thing. I said, "Yo, I thought you wanted to get your doctorate." Like, mm-hmm. cause she be like, "Yo, should I like okay? I'm teaching. What should, what should I do next? Get your doctorate so you could be in administration. You feel what I'm saying? Yep. You could change it more than if you just a teacher and you always have the background of." I was a teacher. I know this what teachers need in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I know these things need to happen. So walking in your purpose is the most important thing people should understand and do because you go be that's just like a kid who they parents pushing them to play sports. Bro, you go be a slave to your parents and then it's go you go look up it's gonna be too late. Mm-hmm. And then you gotta get hurt or something to realize that I, I didn't, didn't want to do that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Right. <laughs> like I knew it the whole time. I just didn't want to do it. Like so now that you write the first book, you know what I'm saying? Now we we 14 more in and yeah. these is bestsellers. Like uh I can imagine how that feels because I I I, re- I wrote books. I write books, you know, like I got like when I tell people I write books, they look at me and they automatically think uh urban urban, fi- urban fiction. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I do got two urban fiction books that I got, but they're really based on real life events and in one of them family. evil chronic chronicles my fa- my real family history mm. is just an urban tale like oh, you know wow. what i'm saying wow. but but even with my fir- with my fr- my fantasy book the book is about the love for me and my brother that we got the book mm. is based about uh animals in the jungle and the main characters are twin rabbits and everything centers around the twin rabbits you know what i'm saying so it's even a, like the characters are characters after people in my life like one of the main character that i love the most is a, a fox named groovy and that's a, that like that's what i seen when i seen my auntie myra but the urban um the urban book that I wrote is really based on my auntie Myra. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? So everything I write has some truth up more truth than anything else in it. But like you got a bunch of different type of books who can find a faithful man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Identity, things like this. Like, so when did you get off the path of writing about yourself to actually opening up and writing about other subjects that can help a, 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 a broader span of people? Cause like, what, this is about to sound crazy, but like the cancer market is a, a niche market. We know it's yeah, there for yeah. whatever, you know what I'm saying? But right. when did you decide to open up? Like I'm way more than just that part of my story. I can help right. other people through my books. When did you decide that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think it was me writing that first book when I when actually my grandfather passed uh, 2013. I, I wrote a book called Unwrap the Gift in You. And he always told me, Eddie, you never have to tell anybody how good you are. If you're good at what you do, they'll tell you. 
Zig Ziglar says, mm. if you help people get what they want, you get what you want. Mm. And so and that, that's a thousand percent true. Yeah, bro. definitely. Yeah. That, 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 wow, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's heavy. I mean, that's yeah. kind of like, uh, even from a religious aspect, that's the basis of Islam. I want for my brother what I want for myself, right? Mm. So if I want for you what I want for me, I got to help you get there because that's going to help me yeah. discover yeah. something about myself. Whether it's good or bad, I might not be good at this, but I'm better at this. Right. And I All discovered right. it getting you what you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, with that book, your grandfather was a big influence. Big influence on me. It's uh, your mom's dad. Yeah, my mom's dad. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he, he taught me how to tie a tie, you know, and uh, a lot of stuff I do with my mentorship group. I teach our young brothers how to tie a tie. And it, it just kind of branched me out to talking about other different topics. Uh, like, for instance, Who Can Find a Faithful Man? These these books aren't, aren't even out yet. This okay. comes out June 15th. What is the home of exclusives? Home of exclusives, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, getting exclusive. to this one, because... <laughs> hold on, hold on. Before we get into the books, though, like, how can we be a part of the mentorship program? Yeah, a thousand oh, percent. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. Once we get off air, we uh, exchange information, because, like, exactly. we 40 years old, even though I know yeah. for sure we don't look like it, but, like, yeah. our story... You do not, we, bro. You look about 28. You're right. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? And I give you 29. So, If he do, you do. If you do, he do. Yeah. <laughs> so like we got an amazing story that kids can relate to because like we still young and in that too when we not it's like from our aspect it wouldn't be nothing about religion or nothing like that it'd yeah. just be us being able to miss so we definitely want to get involved in that however we can oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah so um what was you saying about this the, the, book, the, uh yeah. who can find a faithful yeah, man the who can find a faithful man i did a video uh just a couple months ago um at a speaking at a conference uh talking to a male conference uh, talking about uh, a lot of times us as men, you know, our choices and our decisions and our maturity. Um, you know, a lot of times we're doing permanent things with temporary people, which leave permanent scars. Mm. And uh, the whole aspect of, of faithfulness, you know, we don't hear, we hear about, oh, he's rich, he's this, he's that, he's uh, got this type of clout notoriety, but we never always at attach the word faithful to a man. Yeah. Right. You know, and, the, and that's so you heard us do, excuse me, we, you heard us do the word at the beginning of the episode. We do that every episode, right? Because people in a, especially in the American lexicon of language, they misuse words. Yeah. Right. So when you say faithful, what do you mean? Love, leading, and loyalty. Right. You know, being able to love uh, and understand love is not weakness, it's strength, but also being able to lead. And, and leadership is about influence. And yeah. then being loyal in your commitment, whatever it is yeah. that being committed to the commitment or whatever it is that you, that is that you're doing. Right. So I wrote a book about creating healthy boundaries, remaining committed to your commitments, uh, developing your identity and who it is that you are as a man, but also how that looks in the context of relationships yeah. uh, with, with your woman. Yeah. Uh, we always see, especially scripturally, Proverbs 31, who can find a virgin's woman, but we don't talk about Proverbs 20, verse six, who can find a faithful man. Right. So uh, I wanted to bring that to the, the forefront. That video went million views on Instagram. I said, this may be the next book I need to write. Yeah. And uh, more people asking for the conversation. And some of the most DMs that I was getting from all over the world were from brothers. Yeah. Who said, and you know why? Really and and uh, we say this a lot, right? <clears throat> because being faithful in uh, a, a, a black man being faithful wasn't sold to us. Yeah, if you it, it was sold to us that uh, this gonna sound crazy, like multiple women that you aren't in relationships in, mm -hmm. right? And people don't understand that the faithfulness comes in you like how you what you describe, and it's also being faithful enough to yourself to say. Why would I do that? Right. And why, why do I do yeah, that? Back to feeling like disgusted by yourself. Like you, you just going with the, what you think is right. Like, okay. People be like, they met their second family, the second half of their family at granddad's funeral or stuff like that. Like nobody, no, no guy is happy to split that time like that. Because once you start really seeing what goes into having a family, keeping the family, like you kind of need to be there. Like you yeah, have yeah, to, yeah, be yeah, there. you have to, you right. have to be and, uh, there for the family. So if you got kids in multiple, in, in, homes. In multiple homes, you know what I'm saying? No like, one wins with a family feud you know right, yeah. or, or it's split it. So <laughs> okay. like I let y'all in on because this is well known to our audience. I practice a, a, a poly lifestyle. Right. But a real one. But a real one. Right. So it's no such thing as my family. My family would be my family. Like if uh, I'm, I only have one wife currently and that's my wife that I've been with for 16 years. We got married like when I was about to turn uh, 24 or something like that. And she was turning 22. We never were in any relationship. Uh, she lived down the street and uh, we have family in common. We have the same nieces and nephews. Mm. Right. 
So we so her sister got kids by my brother, right? Uh, we got twin sisters also, and oh, wow. uh, my dad practiced a poly lifestyle, but he was really young. And he could, it didn't come across right. He got two sets of twins at the same age. My sister's nine, uh, eight, eight months, months older. older than us. So our yeah. parents, my our parents was our mother was pregnant at the same time. So when we got into the poly lifestyle, it's really so people just use the word today, but it's still like people really just cheating on each other because mm-hmm. they not they still not faithful and committed. Like I have one wife, I'm looking for another wife. This is also when I uh practice Islam, I want a bigger family. There's no way the size family I want that I will put that burden of multiple children on like just one woman like I might want eight kids, but I don't want my wife pregnant eight times cuz then that take away from the life she might want to live for herself that doesn't consist of always being pregnant because that's what I want. Right? Mm-hmm. So our faithfulness is saying you doing what you're supposed to do as a man you 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 can deserve this you can't have the life you want i'm not gonna be jealous about this but it does have to be in a family setting you know what i'm saying and all of my children will have to grow up in the same uh home or next door where it's not splitting time you want me there for your birthday like she want me there for her birthday what if they on the same days what i gotta try to wiggle out of it and be like oh i got something to do no that's your sister but i, I don't have any other children now you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and as i get i'm on i might not want no more that's just like i think about i struggle with that every day like uh, do i really want to bring somebody you else into this world it's not even do you want to bring anybody else you don't want to have a uh you don't want Three daughters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that's all, though, yeah, but yeah, that yeah. my namesake going with three daughters because they last name go change anyway. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But that's part of being a, a, a faithful man because I'm all besides being faithful to my woman. I'm faithful to myself and I can tell you what I want out of life. And if that don't align with somebody, I can't stop you. You know what I'm saying? Just like you go tell me what you want out of life. And if I don't align with that, that yeah. shouldn't stop you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's what. I'm not doing nothing temporary. I mean, nothing long term with temporary people. None of my life is gonna be lived like that. Now, that sounds like a cool concept of having like multiple wives in Islam. You can have up to four as long as you treat them the same. But most people think that that's financial, but it's not. It's how you how you love them, how you nurture them. Like you want to make sure your woman the best porn to her. So you might want to pour into this one and not that one. That don't make no sense. Because you want both of them to pour into you. It's just like a flower. Like everybody got to blossom. It's not. See, uh, because in Islam, if you don't treat your wife the same, you go stand lopsided in front of God on judgment day. So that's why people think it's from a financial aspect. But she might need you emotionally. You have to be there for her emotionally. She might need you more financially. That's treating them the same. You 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 treating them how they want to be treated where they at. And if you pour, and then this is what men don't understand either. If you pour into your woman, you go get the best version of her. If you treat your woman like crap, that's how your life go end up. That's how you go be treated because that's a total reflection that. of oh, you. Yeah, for you sure. feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and men, black men just don't. I mean, a lot of us do, but what's being perpetuated just don't understand that. Mm-hmm. One woman or however your dynamic is set up can take you wherever you want to go in life because she go see things. Her discernment, all of that is not yours. And she'll be like, he not right for you to be hanging around. You told me that you wanted to be here in your life. That guy go put you a million steps back. You keep hanging with him. Mm-hmm. That job too stressful on you because you're not the same person when you come home from this job is when you do this this is what you're supposed to do they'll help you find your purpose mm. but men spread themselves thin it's, it's the rap music bro oh, hey, yeah, this coming from former that. artists it's the rap music it's what's on tv it's what's being portrayed in the movie it's, it's, it's the just the overall the general view of what the black man is but by whatever media sources that you tapped into yeah. you know what i'm saying like once you dig beyond what the media sources tell you about uh, anybody but especially the black man then you get to discovering all these great things and then like just in general like the black man is being uh, the the straight black man really is being attacked for being that you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and what i mean by that is like if you a straight black man and you don't agree with certain things, they they ostracize you and they demonize you and they try to make your character look bad. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So the other book is Identity Keys to Discover Your Unconsciousness and Unlock Your uh, Greatness. Your Uniqueness. Oh, Uniqueness. I'm looking at that yeah. sideways. My bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He, he can write so we know he can read. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that. You know what I'm saying? That, that's that, a, that's a, that, that cover look cool. Like, oh. Yeah. 
what are you a doctor in? Uh, philosophy, uh, education. Okay, so yeah, we could talk. Have you about have that. you ever uh, tapped into Billy Carson? Yeah, I've heard of Billy Carson. He's he been, been on, on the show. He's been in the hey, same room. He, oh, he's he, been on the show. Yeah, he's been there. Yeah, he, he, hey, that's that. That's a deep man. Yeah, yeah he you know deep, what I'm saying. He deep. And yeah. he, he, I like him because whatever he say, he take you to that spot. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Like, yeah. no, I told you this. We here. You know what I'm saying? And since you said you was a doctor of philosophy, I just know yeah. you got to be tapped in some type of way. Know about Bill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen some of his work and heard it. Yeah. So let's talk about this. When is this book available? August 8th. Oh, August yeah, 8th. Okay, yeah. cool. So, um, this is all about uh, just developing your purpose, uh, locating you. you know, okay. I, I think this is so important. Uh, Self-discovery and identity. Because a lot of times the society wants you to make wants to make you a clone of everybody else. Right. Yeah. Turn you into a robot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why I just had to leave my last job. I was on the job uh ten years uh as an auto worker and like all I was becoming was a robot. Like mm -hmm. everything about me said auto worker. Like the way I dressed outside, I was always still having my coveralls. Still in my coveralls. Mm -hmm. Like like uh, my final straw was I was just at work and I said, Hey, cause this lady was like acting way too crazy to be in this type of setting. And I said, Hey, you could put a crackhead or a monkey in here and the job would get done and they won't care. Like mm -hmm. insert anybody. So I could see how artificial intelligence is really about to come take this over. Like there's not even going to be a hard sale to get the robots in here to do this. So they was turning you into robots. And I just, that was interesting though. Would the monkey be on drugs or would they be sober? I don't know. Okay. I didn't think about it. Yeah. So I, I hit my brother up like, uh, I'm out of here, bro. Like I, I gave this place 10 years. And if, if I give it any more years, then I'm going to be, I'm going to be mad. Mm. I was disgusted mm. That's what it was I just looked at myself In the mirror like mm. I'm disgusted with this Lifestyle of being An auto worker And it's and nothing not wrong a With auto worker You know our yeah. grandfather Was an auto worker Our third generation uncles. Yeah you know what I'm saying But I said You just wanted more Yeah, yeah. because I seen Where auto work can get you Okay I could definitely Buy a house I could always keep a car With the latest year I can maintain my family I could do all of that But like my grandfather Was so much more Than an auto worker Because mm. just of the little Stuff that he taught us Like my uncle Was so much more than that You know what I'm saying But that It's a trap I could go to any bank and get any loan because I got a 10 year work history at a place that they not know not going nowhere. It's no challenges in that for me. Like I'm way too smart to do this because they can get a monkey to do this who who, who can't right. do none of what I do. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I can't wait to actually. I'm, I'm gonna jump into that one first. Like oh, yeah, I already yeah, know. Yeah, 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 because of, because when like, like you said the about path I'm on right yeah. and about self discovery. Like once you discover who you truly are and who you truly want to be is nothing like that feeling nothing like you know what i'm saying like I, and i just had that walking feeling, in the rain won't even make you wet because you like this ain't nothing mm, like i'm about to mm, but a part of that process though that we got to let people know because everybody in this room seem like they've been going through that pro that been through that process once in their life it hurts like because you got to unlearn everything that you ever thought that was you yeah. And that that's the part that like, you know what I'm saying? And you realizing that who you are and who you were, the morals don't line up no more. Stuff that you found was fascinating in, that one wouldn't even move you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that that's the part of living in your purpose and whatever. When you're going through it, don't be scared about it. Like what I tell you, hey dog, I'm gonna do this, 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 and this. And then it start happening. And then I'm like, yo, what's going on? Like yeah. some of the stuff is coming to light. Like, so once you put all your cards on the table and decide that that's who you want to be, or that's the step you want to take, like it's going to be difficult because you taking the steps. It's right. easy to write it down and say, you go do it. But once you start taking them steps towards your purpose and living in your purpose, like that's what that, that's where you at. When did you discover that? Like, uh, when did you discover your purpose and all of that? Like, because your purpose change all the time so mm -hmm. this current version of you when did you discover like this is where i'm headed now this current version of me i, I would say um post-covid did some stuff to me you know when i was uh, really confined in my house i had to couldn't i couldn't go outside so i had to go inside yeah yeah and i wrote i've written uh seven books since 2020 yeah you know mm -hmm. which i've produced even more than Almost as much the first part of my writing than the second part, yeah. you know, so um, it, it really showed me that what I went through that was painful became purposeful. I, I live by this narrative. Somebody's waiting for you to become who you are so they can become who they're supposed to be. Yeah, Yo, and that's what I was saying to people at work. I said, man, I got to leave this job because there's somebody praying for this job. Mm. And this job is going to wow. change their life. And this is going to put them in a position that they want to be in. I'm holding them up. Mm. And my man say, what you mean by that? I said, I don't care what's out there for me because I know it's in my purpose. I mean, I care, like, but I know I got to leave here first because I said the day I leave a couple days later, somebody go start, bro. Mm. And, and that's going to be exactly what they needed to get them right. Because the only way I can move up 
is if somebody else moving up not like you walking in somebody else's purpose but i know it's a spot out there like we saying well we want to help you mentor that that's part of the purpose so that might you might be like i don't found some rock stars at mentoring like yeah. these guys like you know what i'm saying yeah. and none of that would have been possible if i would have Stayed in the, le the level of thinking I was at Because I would have been like Man I don't want to talk to no knuckleheads Man I know how that go But some of the best advice That we ever received Was like mentor Like I've been to a scared straight program When I was a kid before You know what I'm saying And a, that showed me that I didn't want to go to jail, but it also showed me that that's part of their program because they know 90% of the kids coming through this door is going to go to jail. So they're just showing you what's about to happen. You know what I'm saying? So We're doing so much scared straight, yeah. but not love straight. Yeah, you know exactly, what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and, yeah. and always trying to scare our scare, children yeah, into them yeah. versus actually you know, empower them and, and lead by showing them how to lead. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, that, see, and then with having daughters, that's another thing too. Like I'm much more conscious because I'd be like, how would I feel if my daughters ended up with somebody like me? Any version I'm of saying, myself. The, those right, versions you know what I'm saying? of myself. The versions of us, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. and it's like, mm, no, this, this, cool. this version, yeah, but 21 year old me, no. Yeah. And then some people get stuck in them relationships at 19, 21, and they just stuck together. They might have children. They think that relationships supposed to go like this. So that's why I'm like big on providing a loving home mm -hmm. and all of that. And it's like, Okay, say my daughter get with somebody and he he, he might be rough around the edges because maybe he don't have a male in his life. No, nah, come on, bro. Come roll yeah, with me. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Because even if y'all don't make it, you still got to go in society and be a, 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 a and, man, and that's how a I black man. About, yeah, and yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, oh, you don't know how to do this? Come on, bro. Now, once you all apart, if you still want to stay in contact, I'm I'm cool with that because yeah. you still go need yeah, you still go need this along the way. You could call me, Mister Jackson. How, uh, you have you ever been through something like this? How, how would you handle this? Well, this is how I would handle it, but you still got to do what you would do. You feel right. what I'm saying? The people not willing to do that, and uh, I I always look at people like when we in the vicinity, especially with children, especially with little boys. All of these kids in here, my. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to let nobody come in here and do nothing to these kids while they with me. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Because that's how that's like the village. That's the real village. Not right. the people who in your family, because sometimes the people you call uncle was the one doing something to your children. You feel what I'm saying? So that's not your village, but your village is the people you around your, for real. The, the village is this, right? My my daughter friends know I'm I'm the dad. What, what y'all in there talking about? Mm. How long y'all been on the phone? You ain't got no chores because she about to go do some chores, mm -hmm. right? So they know, oh, her, her daddy go get on this. Yeah. So now in 10 years, if I see her and she doing, I, I mean, you know, you know, you ain't supposed to be doing this outside. What you doing? It ain't it, her, her parents shouldn't be disrespected, feel disrespected because I've been doing this since y'all been 12 years old. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, what you go do out my business ain't my business. Doing right. But that's like, what oh, I'm saying. Mr. Jackson, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. we coaches, too. Same thing. Yeah, we, yeah, we youth uh, coaches. Yeah, you youth coaches. So it's like the same thing. Now, when I see one of these boys out here about to make a decision and I'm just walking down the street and once you say, hey, what's up, Coach Jackson? Yeah, what is up? What y'all doing out here? You know what I'm saying? What y'all doing out here? Y'all ain't got nothing else to do. Even if they don't, they gonna be like, "Yeah, you, you, you right, you right." Because I ain't never steered them wrong. Mm -hmm. I ain't the coach who go say, "Oh, y'all out here? Here go a pack." Yeah, right, right, right. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh no, Mr. Jackson got the best interest in mind. My best interest is you making it home because you got people who love you. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Not oh, it's, it ain't my son. Now you, um, President Obama, uh, recognized some of your things, the things that you was doing. How did that come about? Yeah, you know, I was working in Congress for former Congressman Hanson Clark. I was uh, his right-hand man, body person, so going around with him at different events. And I have this, as I was talking about, this Boys to Books program, Literacy, Leadership, Life Skills, Enrichment is the focus. And I was telling yeah, we him. We own that. We own that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we own sure. that. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Like and straight I, up. I yeah. was telling him, I said, you know, 50% uh, of the residents in the city of Detroit are functionally illiterate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 75% of the young people who start ninth grade don't graduate from high school. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at literacy uh, interconnected with incarceration, black men, warehoused at a disproportionate rate. I mean, because we was the first product. That, that like, yeah. yeah, we still being product and packaged. Yeah, the, absolutely. The, yeah, so. absolutely. So I took it to him. I said, hey, you know, we need to do something called the national conscience about this. And he said, I'm going to have my uh, constituents in Washington, D.C., you know, take some of your literacy and look at look at your literature rather. And uh, the program. And he said, uh, called me up some days later saying that he wants to do a bipartisan 
uh, support to where he went to the floor of Congress with a Republican, a black man, Tim Scott out of South Carolina. They yeah, both stood on the floor of Congress yeah. and said they both struggled with, a, with, a, with a literacy. Hmm. Hanson dropped out of high school, wound up getting a, a scholarship to Cornell University and wound up becoming the uh, uh, congressman at the time during Obama's administration of uh, 13th District in the city of Detroit. Obama used our resolution, HRES 721. It's a public record. You can look it up online to develop the My Brother's Keeper initiative. Okay. Focus on bolstering literacy amongst African-American yeah. and Hispanic males. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. it was a, uh, an that's amazing, yeah. amazing experience, you know? Yeah. Because the biggest, I mean, the biggest, uh, one of the biggest enemies to black children, male especially, is reading comprehension. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I said, my wife a teacher, she teach fourth grade. You know what I'm saying? And, it's, it's just a lot It's a lot of parents That's just not involved You know what uh, I'm saying right. and, and when it comes to These reading levels People un, don't understand And I don't know If they think this is a myth That is literally How they build penitentiaries oh, yeah, yeah Second third grade reading school Right I yeah. think people think That that's a, a I, lie bro. I don't even think They don't think it's a lie I don't think they care I think it's, it's just From the programming Of, of, of the uh, society Like All I gotta do Is put this kid in school Because the school Is actually babysitting While I go to work that's how some mm -hmm. parents view it, mm -hmm. men and women. Yeah. Yeah. Fathers who've been in jail come home and still just want to put daycare. their kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was telling my wife, like, you know, I got we got to get away from traditional schooling because, like, for instance, if if it was uh, September, school starts in September, and I want to take my daughter on a forty-five day trip to uh, Ethiopia because that's where my family is originally from, mm -hmm. and I want to learn. I want her to learn about that and no, whatever. At the end of them 45 days when I get back to the States or whatever, they're going to be trying to arrest me yeah. for not having Trying my daughter to, yeah. in school because they didn't get paid for it. That's what it boils down to. Like, you got to remember, at that fourth Friday when school first start, everybody got to be there for count day. day. Yeah, That's how we get day, the yeah, money right, for right. you. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so now... We definitely go help you with that, man. Jump on that mentorship to teach these kids oh, yeah, literacy, yeah. man. And African-centered uh, education is in, in needed and necessary. You know, Walter D. Meyer says, books transmit values. If I'm not in the book, what does that say about my values? So providing culturally relevant literature, as they say, culturally relevant pedagogy, to where our brothers are reading books, where they see their story in it. Right. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. We want to read The Great Gatsby. Cool. But what about their greatness? What about, you know, Letters yeah. to a Young Brother? What about We Beat the Street? You know, what about the pack? You know what I'm saying? So what's your favorite book that you didn't write? Man. Uh, uh, okay. Give me yeah. three. Give me three. Give me yeah, that, that's oh, easier. Okay, yeah, okay. That's easier for you. Give me I, three. I got to go. Michael Eric Dyson. I read this book in my sophomore year. I might not get there with you about Dr. King's life is how he was in many cases a pariah yeah. uh, in the eyes of America post uh, 1963. Yeah. Uh, around 65 to 68 before he was killed. Um, and then I, I love, uh, John, uh, it's a book by, uh, called As a Man Thinketh. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. Very yeah, short yeah. read. Very short. J uh, James like Allen. Yeah. James yeah. Allen. Like yeah. this. I th look, when I bought the book, I thought it was a mistake. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because everybody talk about it. That's how people talk about it. Right, 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 talk right, about right. it. You think yeah. like you about to get you about to get yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yep. Third one, Conspiracy to Destroy Black Boys by Dr. Juwanza Kanjufu. Okay, I ain't hip to that. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. You yeah. got it. That that comes from that whole aspect of the prisons being built based on second, third grade reading scores. And then also the fact that us as young boys becoming men, we love school up until fourth grade. Something happens in fourth grade to where it moves from collective to individualistic and we just tap out. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to yeah, look yeah, that with yeah, fourth yeah, grade. Yeah, like, I'm going to yeah. take it back. What's your yeah. uh, top? What's your favorite three? Man, my favorite three, this is in no order, is uh, the fifth agreement. That's mm -hmm. my that's that's that might be my overall, but uh, mm. the fifth agreement and then uh I love uh The Slightest Edge. Have you read that? No, I haven't read that. The slightest edge. So I'll give you a quick one on this. The slightest edge is this. Whether you're on the right path or the wrong path, the difference is about that much. So mm. if you can tilt it, mm. so if you feel like you're on the wrong path, you tilt it, now you got the slight edge. For the right path wow. But you can be on the right path And just go tilt back During the time you're on the path But just keep the slightest edge mm. And then uh, That third one is a toss up It's Because it could go either way But I like the uh, well, The soul of the superior man You read okay, that? Okay I, I like that. that That helped me with a lot of When I was When I was 
discovering who I am now. Mm-hmm. That, that's all of the superior man. But that can go either one. It can go. You ever read the greatest salesman in the world? That's yeah, one of yours. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah, definitely so yeah. that that they kind of you know they can swap out. So, uh, but I'm gonna check that one out. You yeah, talk about sure. too. What yeah. about you before we so get out of here? Mine is the uh, the greatest salesman in the world by OG Medino. Uh, all of those like that series. That, that series. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, Pimp Story of My Life by Iceberg Slim. You know what I'm saying? That's who on my. Uh, so that's Iceberg Slim. That's Donald Goins. You know what oh, okay. I'm saying? Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because I had like this vision and I was at a table with him. Like it was a whole big thing. Like and then uh, my favorite overall book, if I could only read one book for the rest of my life over and over again, would be the Autobiography of Malcolm X by oh, yeah, Alex Haley. Sure, sure. uh, so many factors into that, but. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. So we from Inkster, Michigan. You know what I'm saying. And Inkster is uh the greatest 6.3 miles in the history of the world besides Compton. You know what I'm saying because of the people who came out of it. But the story of Roots was told to Alex Haley on the street in Inkster, around the corner from where we grew up. Around the corner from where we grew up on Allen. Now the reason that the autobiography of Malcolm X is so important to me and I love it because. Malcolm X's last standing home where he lived is in Inkster on the street that we grew up in right around the corner from where Alex Haley was told the story of roots. Mm. So for Alex Haley to write the autobiography of Malcolm X, where we discovered that Malcolm X lived in Inkster as kids. So like this is a big thing now, like they redoing the house and all of that. But like just reading the back of the book and going through all like I read the book in sixth grade from cover to cover, like Mm. and and Mm. it blew my mind and I wasn't ready for it. You know what I'm saying? So periodically throughout my life, I pick it back up. Wow. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But the, oh. And that's one of them books that most black men discover in jail. And yep, we make right. it a point to say, I read discover that, this. I discovered that in outside. sixth grade. Yeah, discover right. that outside of jail yeah. and implement those things because like we didn't know how powerful Malcolm X was when the movie was coming out and we was reading. We was kids. We was in sixth yeah, grade. Sure. But then like that opened us up to Islam. That opened us up to like that uh, you could you gonna be different, different versions, versions of yourself. yourself. It was just like, and we didn't realize. Well, I didn't realize what a different version of yourself was. I'm just reading about. Oh, we used to do this, and then how he turned into this, and then he turned into this. Like, yeah, yeah. so like that book prepared me for so much. Like, so that's why that's my overall favorite. You know that's what I'm saying? Uh, tell people where they can reach you at on uh, social uh, the social networks, man. Yeah, because yeah. you somebody we think that people should know about. Oh man, I appreciate it. It's an honor to be on your show talking with brilliant, bright, uh, empowering brothers. Like y'all, man. Uh, the revolution not only be televised. I think I, I like to say the revolution not only be televised, it be digitized. So go to my website. Uh, I have a conference coming out uh, August the sixth, Saturday, August the sixth. Okay, I'm sorry, Saturday, August the fifth. Uh, called uh, Access Identity Conference, focused on ideas, impact, influence, empowering people to locate themselves and their purpose. So that that, that, that going hand in hand with the book, absolutely. Now, where's yeah. the conference so, gonna be? It's gonna be online, or can people uh, really attend? You can f- attend in person. Focus Hope Conference Center, Saturday, August the fifth, uh, ten a.m. to three p.m. You can go right now and register www.accessidentity.org. Uh, and we got to be a part of that song. Yeah, early yeah, registration. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I'm right. saying a part yeah. of the actual conference. Oh, for sure. like, oh, oh, yeah. And then yeah. send that uh, information over to me via email. I'll put that in the description too. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah but yeah. we definitely got. We want to be a part of that somewhere, sure. man. For like sure. that's a that, that's a big deal. Like, Absolutely. It's, yeah, that, and that's yeah. something that everybody should attend. But but it should be some fathers there with their sons. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. Like, that's the type of stuff yeah. I like to see fathers and sons doing. Sports cool, but sports you just sign your kids up for another plantation. You know what I mean? And I and I don't want nobody to be oh, and so uh, yeah. we put the uh, link and stuff to the conference in the uh, description and how can I where, they, where are you yeah. at on the socials Facebook Instagram Twitter uh, TikTok we don't stop at Eddie Connor J-R E-D-D-I-E C-O-N-N-O-R-J-R okay alright yeah. SJ what about you uh, man, you can find me at one sljackson.com. Order a book. Uh, go to Amazon and put in the Adventures of Shelby Sunshine. Order all three books. Go to Amazon and put in uh, Justice for Nikisha, Father's Pain. Order that. Uh, besides that, man, I'm really not active on no socials. Like, that's not me. I, I don't socialize well like that. Yeah, you, you gotta be in person to socialize. Yeah, hey, I don't socialize well. Yeah, like you can that. follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TCE Pod. Instagram and Twitter at TCE Pod. Uh, I'm Antoine. I'm Santoine. I, I want, want for my brother, brother what I want for myself. myself.